Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we have something different to offer our radio audience. Usually once a year, Pastor Harris answers Bible questions from his congregation. Since our pastor is known for his dry sense of humor, this series is known generally as Provoke the Pastor. Please listen as Pastor Jim gives biblical answers to these questions in today's portion of this week's message entitled, Pastoral Popery. All right, let's change the subject completely, so time to wake up if you've nodded off. What is the difference between angels who are fallen and demons? I love questions that I can answer this easy. There's no difference. Um, demons are the angels who followed Satan when he rebelled against God. Uh, that's, the Bible's pretty clear about that, actually. In the context of the judgment of the sheep and the goats, where unbelievers and believers are separated from each other, connected with the second coming of Jesus. In Matthew chapter 25, verse 41, and these words would be in red if you have that kind of a Bible. Matthew 25, 41, he says, Then he will say to those who are on his left, Depart from me, accursed ones, into the eternal fire which has been prepared for the devil and his angels. And the Greek word there is the word for angels. The, the lake of fire was prepared to be the place of eternal punishment for Satan and the angels who rebelled with him. Human beings go there by their own, uh, the, the results of their own actions and their own uh, unbelief. Now, Another factor in this, there is an inference in Scripture, and I think it's a pretty clear inference, that about one-third of the angels that God created fell with Satan. Now, there's no indication of salvation for angels. Remember we talked about in Ephesians how the angels are curious to see this concept of salvation, and we are on display for uh, angels and demons to see what God can do in redeeming us? Well, where do we get the idea that a third of those angels originally fell? It comes from Revelation chapter 12, and this is in a series of signs that the Apostle John was given. You can go look it up in the context of our studies in Revelation if you would like to get all the details, but just pick up a little bit on this. Then another sign appeared in heaven. So this is like God giving um, the Apostle John sort of like newsreels of past events that give background to the uh, future events that he is unveiling for him. Then another sign appeared in heaven, and behold, a great dragon having seven heads and ten horns, and on his heads were seven diadems. Okay, we could unscramble that for a long time today. 
Guess who the great red dragon is? That's Satan. And all the reference to the, the crowns and the diadems, well, come on Wednesday nights and study Daniel, and you'll start to understand the book of Revelation a, a whole lot better. But listen to this now. We've just described Satan, and it says, And his tail swept away a third of the stars of heaven and threw them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who was about to give birth. That's a, um, a symbolic picture of Israel. And the, she's about to give birth to the Messiah. So that when she gave birth, he might devour her child. Who was behind King Herod wanting to kill Jesus? Okay, so this is, this is background information contained in the book of Revelation. But that whole inference of how many, how many demons are there? Roughly a third. And it's, it's an inference from this passage that seems to be what it be what it would mean that the tail of the dragon swept them away. The tail they were following him, he brought them along. Now, by the way, we have a sermon from our 64 Days of Truth series. That's where we did one sermon on each major division of systematic theology. And there is one devoted to angels and demons, and there's a lot more information there. Uh, it's on our website, and the recording is from April 10th, 2019. And the series is 64 Days of Truth. No penalty if you listen to all the ones that came before angels and demons, and you even listen to the couple that come uh, after that. So easy to find that, and that's the subject of angelology and demonology. All right, let's change subjects completely once again. Very practical question. Some Christian theologians teach that Christians should be buried and not cremated. Now, I would clarify, wait till they're dead, okay? Uh, but I think that was the intent of the, um, of the author. Yes, Jesus was buried, and the Bible talks about others being buried, but is this just cultural? I would think our glorified, resurrected bodies could come from anywhere, even if we were cremated and our ashes spread in multiple places. Well, that would be good thinking on, on your part. God is not hampered in His ability to resurrect any more than He's hampered in His ability to create. Now, the bottom line is there is no command in the Bible that either prohibits or promotes creation. But I would say it's more than just cultural because it spans many cultures. And it is the dominant practice of, uh, of believers in Christ to bury dead bodies uh, pretty much universally through church history. Now, it is also true that um, that's the case in the Old Testament. And the person who wrote the question is correct. Some Christian theologians teach that Christians should be buried and not cremated. I, I have read that in a number of places, and, and I've seen it stated very uh, strongly. Um, but as somebody told me one time, don't let anybody should on you. If the Bible says you must do something, do it. If the Bible says don't do something, don't do it. 
We live about 99% of our lives somewhere in between those bookends, making other decisions in what we call gray areas because they're neither black or white, prohibited or commanded in, in Scripture. Now, the people who will tell you you should be buried or your body should be buried um, will typically say that the reasoning is that shows more respect for the body and the fact that it will be raised. All right? I, I understand that reasoning. It just doesn't carry any weight by way of making something into a command. I have uh, actually read this, not nearly as often, but I've also heard the reasoning that, uh, you know, you'll return to dust. You came from dust. God made Adam from the dust of the ground, and to dust you will return. And I have actually heard the reasoning that cremation expedites that process of turning the process into dust. So maybe you're a better steward if you don't have to wait a hundred years for your body to decompose or however many, however long it takes. But if you think about this, um, bodies buried a thousand years ago, uh, especially without any sort of embalming or use of a crypt of some kind, they are completely disintegrated. You you couldn't find a a trace of them. Or how about the bodies of all those who died in the flood? You, You can't go scoop a cup of water out of the ocean and do an analysis and say, aha, my great-great-great-great-great-great-grandfather died off the coast of Hawaii in, in uh, 1512. That it, it, it just becomes crazy when you start thinking that, that there is some sort of a responsibility on our part as if we have to take care of molecules so that God can do his work of, of resurrection. He created you in the first place. He can recreate you, which is what resurrection is going to be anyway. And interesting, it says in Revelation 20:13, in getting ready for the great white throne judgment, it says, the sea will give up its dead. Now, promise me, I promise you, somebody buried at sea, as we, as we call it, if it's been very long, they're not around Okay, it's been eaten by the big ones and then the little ones and, you know, the little ones eaten by the big ones. Um, it, it's not a problem, all right? Nothing will prevent God from being able to resurrect bodies of believers and unbelievers alike. So, the decision for burial or cremation boils down to uh, something that falls in the realm of the gray area. It's a matter of Christian freedom, if you will. And I suggest it's far better to think about it in a setting like this than it is when you get the call that says there's been a terrible accident and all of a sudden you have to decide your theology on dead bodies. Uh, So it is well worth thinking of it. And I I would recommend that any family contemplating this issue should uh, pray for wisdom and they should follow the conviction of 
their, uh, the results that they find in their wisdom. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.